Hey there, what's up everyone? It is Jeff for Modern Combat and Survival, and welcome to podcast episode number 286. Okay, you can consider this week's episode a rant about a rant. <laughs> so specifically, I'm going to be talking about appendix carry for a concealed firearm. Is it effective? Is it preferred? Or is it just for tactical morons? Well, what do you say we just go ahead and open up a can of worms this week and see exactly what the audience thinks, shall we? I'll give you my rant and my reasons in this week's episode. It's all coming right up, but don't worry about taking notes because we've compiled all the main points right down into a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet that you can download absolutely free just by going to www.mcsmagazine.com. And now, let the ranting begin. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. All right, all right. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine. And as I said, this week's episode is really, it's going to be my response to a rant that I found, but inevitably, I'm sure it's going to go into my own rant myself. So um, what happened was I was perusing around the interwebs and I was over on the YouTubes over there. And I noticed that there was a video um, kind of jumped right out at me about appendix carry and the tactical morons who love it. So of course, being an appendix carry carrier myself for my concealed firearm, I just had to watch it. And the the gentleman who has this channel actually has a very large following. He has over 330,000 followers, I think, on YouTube, which is which is amazing. That's awesome. And he does post a lot over there. Um, he, he goes by the name of the Yankee Marshall. I will go ahead and put the video that I'm talking about in the blog post where this is going to go for, for this podcast episode. So you can watch the actual whole video that he has there. I actually, um, he brings up some very good points, I think, as part of his argument against Appendix Carry. Uh, this was a rant video of his that he did in response to the responses he got from a previous video where he talked bad about Appendix Carry. Of course, people came out of the woodworks to challenge him on that. And so that the result was this video that he just kind of went off the cuff and just talked about all the reasons why he felt like appendix carry was really kind of a moronic way of carrying your firearm. Um, I actually, I, the guy, um, he has a good following. I think he does bring up some good points, at least some points that other people will also believe in. But I didn't believe in the things that he was saying. And so, and I am a pen, an appendix carry uh, I do carry I do carry appendix when I carry my concealed firearm. So I thought I would talk about the reasons why specifically uh, the, he I didn't agree with his thing. And again, we will show we'll put the video for this up on the blog post page for this. So go ahead and check that out. I, I encourage you to watch the whole thing. I actually encourage you to to actually subscribe to his channel. The guy's funny. Um, he has a lot of really it's, it's an entertaining video. I think at the very least he does a lot of these entertaining types of videos. He's real. He basically just goes off the cuff a lot. And um, so anyway, I think that uh, I think he has some very good videos out there. I've subscribed to his channel, but I did want to go over some of the things that he talked about here. And in fact, appendix carry has become so popular in recent years that I think that it's really worth going into a three part series just specifically about appendix carry. So you can look at this as part one of the three-part series that I want to do specific to appendix carry. But this one, part one, is all about a rant about a rant, okay? So I'm going to save you the time uh, of going through the video. If you, if, you, if you don't get a chance to go check it out over on our blog, 
I will give you basically there are three main points that I pulled out of the video that he talks about. Now, point number one is really it takes up well over half of the video with him talking about how moronic it is for people to carry appendix care. And by the way, let me first say for those people that are listening that don't know what appendix carry is. It is where you carry your firearm in the front of your body. So you might be used to seeing people carrying it on their hips. So if I'm right-handed, it would be at about the 3 o'clock position or the 3.30 position right be- right behind my right hip or right on my right hip. That's a place that a lot of people are going to carry their firearm. If you're talking about belt carry, so we're not talking about like ankle carry or anything like that. So most people, if they're wearing it on their on their waist, are typically you're going to see them carrying it on their strong side hip. Now, appendix carry has become much more popular. It is placed right in front of your body, so it is right in like the groin area. You'll see some people carry it right directly in front of them. You'll see some people carry it like myself. I carry it a little bit off to the right, so it kind of hugs the the the, uh, the groin line there where your leg is, where that that crease is, where your groin meets meets the, your your leg, your upper leg. And so it kind of goes right in alongside there. So that's where I typically, that's where I carry mine. All right, but that is appendix carry. Now, in this rant by the Yankee Marshal, um, like I said, the first thing that he brings up is that it is inherently dangerous because if you have a negligent, a negligent discharge, then the path of the bullet is going into your groin and inner thigh, where your femoral artery is, and if you were to shoot, Shoot your balls off if you're a guy, right? This is kind of where it pays to be a woman, I guess, right? But, uh, but that, like, appendix carry, that, that barrel is pointed right at your junk. So if it does go off in the holster, and this has happened, I've seen a video of a, of a gentleman bending over, and simply the, uh, the firearm went off. It wasn't a, an attack or anything like that. He bent over and the, and the firearm went off. And I don't know why. We, I, I never got an answer to why I, on this video that why it happened. If the guy holstered the weapon and had his, his, um, uh, his shirt tucked inside where the trigger was and bent over and it lifted his shirt up and pulled the trigger. I don't, I don't know that anybody ever really figured out the reason why for that video, but it was widely spread around and it was one of the reasons why people said you shouldn't carry appendix carry, or you should definitely be more careful about carrying it for appendix carry. But it's true that if you are carrying appendix and that round does go off, then for sure that is not a great place that you want to have that bullet go off. And Yankee Marshall talks about how, at least with it back on your hip, that you are not flagging your body, that if the round does go off for whatever reason, that it is likely not going to touch your body because it's angled back away from you. Or if it does, it's going to go through the outer part of your thigh instead of the groin, your, uh, you know, your, your manhood down there, as well as maybe the femoral artery and you bleed to death, right? Now he gives all kinds of statistics about how, um, most, most of these accidents, most of these negligent discharges, this is where all of these groin and, um, and inner thigh injuries come from. I honestly, I looked all over. He said, if you guys don't believe me, you know, you're morons and go and basically go and find the information yourself. I looked all over. I could not find any information specific to negligent discharges with a firearm in a holster or drawing the weapon and it going off with appendix carry and there being like a larger number of those negligent discharges or unintentional uh, injuries 
self-inflicted injuries. I couldn't find anything. So if anybody out there does know, if you can point me to where there is some sort of statistics, I would love to know about it because I'm not seeing that out there. Okay. In the video where he taught, where the Yankee Marshall is talking about how you don't flag your body, even when you're drawing and it's when it's back on your hip. Well, I I, I can see he was ranting about it. And then he went back and he filmed a section where he was showing you know, supporting the rant that the firearm does not flag your body. And in fact, it does flag your, his body when he actually is showing it. So there was kind of a, there was, a, I'm going to have to challenge that a little bit. It can, but point taken that if a round does go off, you don't really want it to be right there in in your groin area, right? So I get that. I totally do. So my counter to that is I'm not training for the purposes of shooting myself in a better spot in one place than another. Okay. So, so for me, the, the reason why I would carry is going to have a tactical reason, not a, I'm a dumbass who stuck my finger on the trigger too quickly and I'm not trained. And therefore, if I'm going to shoot myself, I don't want it to be in the groin. And I don't think most people really look at their firearms training or the reason why they carry for the purposes of, um, where would I rather shoot myself? So I do understand that, first of all, negligent discharges do, in fact, happen. I've had a negligent discharge myself. I've only had one so far, but I'm sure there's. it's quite possible that there could be another one coming on down the road. I can tell you that when I switched over to appendix carry, because that firearm is located in my groin area, I can tell you that I am far more conscious when I grab the weapon that I do not want to blow my manhood off, kind of a small target anyway, but that's a whole other story. But we don't, I don't, I'm not going to base my tactical response and what I need to be able to do to, to protect my life in an, in an attack based upon where I don't want to shoot myself. So that's really kind of like my main, my main thing that was he spent over half an hour on talking about how dangerous it is for a negligent discharge in that area. That is not my primary factor when I'm choosing where I'm going to carry a firearm. And I don't recommend that it's yours either. Now, I do understand that this does require more training, all right? So you really do need to be more conscious because if you aren't training to where your finger is not on that trigger until the firearm is headed in a safe location, then absolutely. You you very likely could, out of fear or or adrenaline, whatever, reach down and you might possibly, once that that firearm is drawn far enough for you to be able to get to the trigger, you could put your finger right on it and then fear, anxiousness, adrenaline could force you to squeeze on that and you might have a negligent discharge right there. My negligent discharge actually came, it hit three feet out in front of me. So it wasn't that far off, but I was drawing from appendix carry and it was at least in front of me before I had my finger on the trigger. All right. So, that's my counter to really more than half of the video that the Yankee Marshall had in there. Now I'll go on to two of the other main reasons that I pulled out of this. And then his next one was really in relation to the responses that he got from the first video he did where people were coming back and saying, well, at least my, you know, in appendix carry, at least my firearm is right there where I can get to it fast. Okay. And there's a lot of validity to that. Now the Yankee Marshall doesn't like that. He, Again, he thinks that's kind of a tactical, moronic response. And his reason is, is that it's not true because no one is going to attack you straight on. 
that they are more likely going to be attacking you either from behind and get you or, or from the side and they're going to get you into a headlock or a chicken wing. Um, and his ultimate, his ultimate response to that was that there's no place on your body that you can always get to your gun. Now, I agree with that. There is no place on your body that you can necessarily always get to your gun. However, I don't agree that most attacks are going to happen from behind and getting you in a headlock or getting you into a chicken wing. In fact, in our extreme close combat shooting program, we talk about how there are the two deadly dynamics of real world attacks that happen is that most attacks happen due to escalated arguments or ambushes. Now, an ambush can be a no warning attack where you are struck and, you know, you're just hit with a bat or just punched from the side, knockout game, whatever, something like that. Or it could be an ambush where an attacker or a a thief doesn't want you to to know that they're coming from across the street. They're going to walk up on you and all of a sudden they're right there in your face. And then when that happens, what are they going to do? They're going to put it, pull out a gun or a knife or have their hands in their pocket and say, give me your money. That's, that's the purpose of what they're going to do there. That's if they don't just already just go ahead and strike and attack you and hit you and hope to knock you out and then take your stuff. All right. But nonetheless, escalated arguments always happen in a one-on-one situation where you're facing the person, or you might even be in some sort of like a bladed prepared stance, but nonetheless, you are in a one-on-one front-to-front type of an attack there. So I don't agree that most attacks happen from behind or the side just because of those two dynamics. So, but again, I do, I do agree with him that there is no place in your body that can always get to your gun. However, I do believe that because your hands are in front of you, and if your gun is in front of you, that there are more advantages there for appendix carry. And so that's another reason why I do believe those people that I I can get to it fast. In fact, in episode number two of the three episodes that we're going to do here on appendix carry, I'm going to talk about my top 10 reasons for why I do believe that appendix carry is the best way for you to be able to tactically carry a concealed firearm. All right. But that was reason number two is that um, you can't get to it because you, you, you're going to be not going to be attacked straight on. Disagree. Respectfully so, the Yankee Marshal. Okay, uh, uh, number three, tip, or reason number three that he gave um, was again in response to responses that other people had. Because other people came to the defense of Appendix Carry and said, well, if I'm in a grappling situation, so I'm wrestling around with somebody um, standing up. So if, if, if it's a grappling scenario, then I can get to my gun when I'm grappling. And the Yankee Marshall's response to that was that if you get to the point where you're grappling with somebody, then you've already made some bad mistakes. Um, and he also said that if you, if you can't walk away, then you don't have the tactics to be able to carry a gun anyway. If you just pull out the gun from, from pushing match or an argument or whatever, and you go three, three rounds to the face, um, then, then you, you already, you don't, you shouldn't even be carrying a gun because you weren't able to deescalate. Now, I again agree with him that you do need to have deescalation tools. In fact, I think there's a whole range of things that people need to go through before they ever carry their gun concealed. And unfortunately, I don't feel like most concealed carry classes really are preparing somebody for the realities of a real attack on the street. I think there should be a lot more training. I think it should be required. Well, it is required training for for concealed carry. But I think even for owning a gun, I believe that there should be required training because people are still going to use it in their home. They have kids around 
And most people can just go and get, you know, just go buy a firearm and then just bring it home. So I do believe that you do need to have de-escalation tools that if you, all you ever think, if, you, if your only tool is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail, right? So you do need to be able to de-escalate because you do not want to be able to, you don't, you don't want to have to draw your weapon. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and go ahead and go with him on, on that part of it. Now, um, something else I'll say though is that in a pre, he kind of contradicts himself in the video because in a, in a, the previous reason, he said that somebody's going to attack you from behind and get you in a headlock or a chicken wing. And so that kind of contradicts his thing. Well, if you've already got where you're grappling with somebody, then you've made some bad mistakes. Well, you can't have it both ways. So if somebody comes up and they just come from behind and they get you in a headlock or a chicken wing, well, you're already in grappling mode and you didn't see the attack coming. Well, unless you've got eyes in the back of your head, you might not see that coming. Again, most attacks do happen because of ambushes. So it is possible that that could happen, in which case you're grappling. And if you're grappling, what is the best way to carry so that you can actually get to your weapon if you're able to, to be able to counter that? Okay. So in a headlock, even if the guy, um, even if the, if the gun is away from the attacker, it, it might be exposed and someone might see it and be able to take that gun. So you really have to be able to know where your weapon is. You have to be able to get to it, even if you are grappling, even if you're on the ground, even if you're within arm's length. And even if you are 21 feet away, so you want the best access to be able to get to that. Now, I do also believe that in situations where it is extreme close quarters, that appendix carry is a preferred method for the same reasons that I think a lot of people also said there is that you can get to it when grappling. It's going to make it a little bit easier. And so that is something that I, I do I do believe. And in fact, it's going to be one of the reasons that I'll come up with next week in episode two uh, or part two of this series where I'm going to talk about the top reasons there. But so I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with him that it is not valuable for grappling because you already screwed up because you're grappling. If you're grappling, you're grappling and you've got to be prepared for it. And when it does, I feel like appendix carry is the best way to get to your gun. I'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But all in all, in the summary of the Yankee Marshall's video, what he comes up with um, are two real main points here because he really doesn't say don't don't do appendix carry. He's basically saying that be informed about the risks and the benefits of it. And there are any and he admits there are some benefits to it, but it's really about um, about outweighing the risk. So his point number one was that of all the methods of carry, that it's the most dangerous, that it's the most dangerous because of the actual um, because if around if you do have a negligent discharge, then you are going to um, then it's going to it's obviously going to be in a worse spot where you might get hit. All right. Now. I don't disagree um, that it is the most dangerous of those that you have from the standpoint of a negligent discharge. However, I don't agree that it's the most dangerous from the standpoint of the risks that are associated with carrying it in other places under worst case scenarios of a real gunfight that happens in extreme close quarters combat. Again, I'll go over more about that later on. But again, I am not training for negligent discharges. So, I don't necessarily agree with that one point about of all the methods of carry, it's the most dangerous. It's really situational dependent. And I think that his second point is really where it is a good point. And that is that he's not saying, again, that don't do appendix carry, but he's saying do the benefits outweigh the risks. Now, for him, the benefits don't outweigh the risks. And for you, it might not either. It's not really about like... um 
you know, it's really about like, what are you best trained in? What's going to be your educated reason for why you're carrying a certain way? Now, this is a good point. You do have to weigh out the risks and the benefits of it. All right. So he's gone over some of the risks that are here. And again, more than half of the video was about negligent discharge in the groin and the inner thigh understood. But I want to go over all the good points. So next week in part two of our series, I'm going to give you my top 10 reasons why I am a tactical moron who loves appendix carry. And my mission is going to be to make a believer out of you also, or at least a more informed chooser of the method that you're going to use for a concealed carry firearm where you're going to carry it. Okay. But before that, what I do want you to do is to go to our blog post page and watch the video yourself of the Yankee Marshall's reasons for why he doesn't like appendix carry. It's obviously a lot more in depth than what I've gone through in this episode right here. Um, also, go ahead and subscribe to his channel. He does put out some really funny videos. I do agree with some of the things that he puts out there. And I do think that um, he has some valid points that he does bring to the industry. And so I do recommend that you go ahead and subscribe to his channel as well. All right. So we'll go ahead and put that video on our blog post page. Go ahead and watch it. I want to hear from you. Like, what is it that you think about the reasons that he brings up? The good, the bad, the ugly. If you think that my reasons are not valid, let me know why in the comments section of the blog post there. So go ahead and do that now over on moderncombatandsurvival.com. And until our next session, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.